This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. What's going on, radio show people? This is Stanley Fritz, and I am here on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, good. We just started. I'm here with Selena Hill and, of course, Alyssa Fuchs. But it's not about them. It's about me. Folks, have you missed me? Have you been following me? Here is where you can follow me. On Twitter at Stan Fritz. On Instagram at Stan Fritz. On Facebook, I'm suspended for a month. You can't follow Stan Fritz. Sorry. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, the pet mommies, the godmothers like (laughs) myself, anyone who has nurtured another human being or living thing. Happy Mother's Day to you. That's Um, fair. That's fair. Happy Mother's Day to my mother. Yes. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Happy Mother's Day to me. I am. You're not a mother. I am the godmother of two beautiful children. Does that count? Does that count, Stanley? Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I don't. (laughs) Does godmothers count though? Right, I mean, sure, right. why not? A little bit. All right, all right, we'll little, count do, you today. Do godmothers count? Oh, so shout right. out to Alex. Tune in, tell us what you think, if yes. godmothers yeah. count if or not. If godmothers this count, is, let me know. Amy, happy Mother's Day, queen. This is Be Heard Radio after all. Yes, it is. So, yes, guys, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, foreign policy, and, of course, pop culture every Sunday from 11 to 12 p.m. Eastern Time, and we do that all from a diverse perspective. My name is Selena Hill. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Selena Hill and shout out to everyone who is already watching via live. I see you Ben. Shout out to Alex and everyone else. Alyssa? Hey, good morning. Uh, my name is Alyssa Fuchs. I am not a mother. Um, and, uh, you know, Stanley, you are not the father. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Wrong show. Sorry. I, I got confused. I thought we were on Maury. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S, if you're nasty. Um, or on Instagram, Alyssa.Fuchs, or on Twitter, at Alyssa Fuchs. Mm-hmm. Um, don't send me any emails because I'm not responding <laughs> to them. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and, uh, yeah, shout out to all the moms. Uh, really happy to be with you today and of course i'm your political and legal correspondent so i'm here to give you all that political and well really legal breakdown of some of these crazy things that are coming out of uh of these southern states but you know we're going to get to more on that later absolutely so we have a great show lined up we're going to be talking about the politics of motherhood because there are things that make being a mother even harder like uh, republican governors and laws. So we're going to talk about and, all that. And men. Republican and, men. And men. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that. And of course, if you want to continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, please do so on our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash radio. And if you continue to support us, we will support the issues that you care about most. Mm, that was a nice ad, Selena. And we'll definitely post that Patreon link in the in the comments yes. in just a few minutes. Yeah, so um, be sure to also watch us via Facebook Live as well. You can leave your comments there. I just started a Facebook watch party, so leave some comments and we'll try to leave them, uh, read them on air. So again, we have a great show lined up. And for people who really, really, really want to let their voice be heard, you can call us up. The number is 212 Zero three. three. Again, that is two one two six five zero six nine zero three. 
three. Uh, <laughs> or you can even tweet us at beheard underscore radio. And yes, leave some comments. Let me know what you're thinking. We're going to be talking about everything um, from the Mueller report to Aisha Curry to, again, the politics of motherhood. So don't go anyway when we come back. We are going to let your voice be heard. And Alyssa, like, are you excited about today's show at all? I'm super excited about today's show. We were like, we, t- we weren't here last week, but I'm like, wow, like, we're back. It's Sunday. It's raining. But I'm like super happy and pumped to be here. It is raining. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very pumped. And I think this is a really important show. And it's obviously timely. It is Mother's yes. Day. And, you know, uh, shout out to all the women out there doing the hard work. Yes, the ones doing the hard work. All right, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. But don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Hey, hey. That's still a classic, huh? Let's see what apple juice, mama. Don't you know I love you too? You're not going to sing along with me? What's going on? I was just listening to you harmonize and hit that note. I was Mm. here for it. Okay, Stanley. Well, you know, guys, we are back. With the notes. A little bit, a little bit. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of problem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here after, what, a two-week hiatus? It was only like one for me. I don't know where you were last week. You were on workation? (laughs) Yeah, you were at Broccoli Fest. No, are you kidding (laughs) me? I wish. I was in the conference in D.C., and then Alyssa and I did the Fibro bike tour, and that was great, even though we were miserable on the way back. Yeah. Because Staten Island. Um, And also (laughs) because my knee was really hurting. You know, it's one thing to ride 40 miles on a bike, and it's another thing to ride 40 miles on a bike in the rain when it's cold and it's windy. So shout out to us because that's an accomplishment. Holla at your boy. But Selena, mm-hmm. I'm back and I'm mad because there's so many things that have been happening in the news and you guys have not been talking about it because you have not had your young ratchet Stanley Fritz here. And as a senior vice president <laughs> of the Young Ratchets, I am finally here to officially bring back the news round of the space where we talk about things that made you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or maybe even dab on them hoes. But anyways, guys, I want to start the news week off with some major breaking news that's actually kind of old. James Harden, Houston Rockets, out of the playoffs. Gone. Done. Finished. Warriors going to the Western Conference Finals and without Kevin Durant. Did you guys watch the series? Of course you didn't. I, I don't like I, basketball. I didn't, but the NBA trophy came to my job on Friday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and like, like someone, but I posed with my trophy. My NBA trophy. Do you mean a six foot eight single black man? I love Jesus. No, and, no. I mean the actual <laughs> trophy. I, but I, Stanley, you fill us in, please. Uh, I, I did already. I did, <laughs> I did already. Yeah. Um, no, I, okay. I only watched the, the basketball that's on the ice with the sticks and the pucks, but we call it hockey instead. Mm, yes, um, yes. And it's a really good sport oh, that I like a mayonnaise. lot. <laughs> so who are you rooting for? mayonnaise, did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> who are you rooting for in the playoffs, Stanley? Oh, man. I don't know. Um, so the Knicks aren't in. The Lakers definitely aren't in. And right now it's probably going to be um, – actually, I think I'm going to be rooting for the Sixers. I don't think they're going to beat the Raptors, but, you know, hey, why not? Let's root for them. Um, okay, East okay, Coast. if you say so. Yeah. I'll root for whoever well, Stanley says to root for. Speaking of basketball mm-hmm. and drama, um, mm. so Aisha Curry, who is the wife of Steph Curry on the Golden Warriors, mm. um, she actually caused a lot of controversy this week when she admitted mm. that her husband gets a lot of attention and she doesn't like the groupies who are around him 
And, but she's not getting any of that attention from men. From men, and she said that even though she's not like see- actively seeking attention from random men, mm-hmm. it would be nice. So obviously, <laughs> Twitter, the internet, they just lit up into Aisha Curry, and mm-hmm. I heard a lot of women saying things like she should be more grateful. She's rich. She's beautiful. She's married to Steph Curry. What about Why does man? she want attention outside of her marriage? Well, let me. Let me be the first one to jump on this because I actually wrote a piece about it that I'll share in the comments if you guys care. As a writer, I really appreciate when Marilyn reads my stuff. And <laughs> when she, because if she more than anybody else gets to see everything that I write. And it really makes me feel good that she appreciates it. But it just hits a little bit different when somebody I don't know that well is reading my stuff and is excited about it. Because they don't have to read it. They don't have to be part of that process. They're doing it because they want to. So, you know, it feels good for me. It validates the work that I'm doing, but it also feels good to the ego. So I kind of thought about it that way when Aisha said what she said, even though I hope she had talked to Steph about this before, because if Steph had heard this for the first time on a television show with a million other people, I'd be pretty pissed. I think that we're all getting stuck in this idea of this binary and this monogamy when we don't really know the details of her and his relationship. And maybe that's something that has not really been discussed or thrown around, but how do we know that the two of them don't have some kind of agreement where they see other people, sleep with other people? Like, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But, like, I think part of this is driven by society in terms of telling people that, you know, monogamous relationships are the only thing that are you know acceptable and that if people seek attention outside of that monogamous relationship it's unacceptable and that may be true for many people obviously you sit down you have a conversation with your spouse your partner and you figure out what you're doing i know many people that are not monogamous but fam, or, real quick i'm sorry steph curry is not in a polyamorous relationship but yeah, how do you he, know that he looks Aisha, like, a, I mean, he looks like the only her. position he knows is is missionary you are not having more than one partner if you're only doing missionary all right that may be true but like the point that i'm trying to make is like who are we to judge what their relationship is if we don't really well, know well she put it out there and i mean i mean Alyssa, you're in a relationship would you mind if your partner's i mean i would so, but i'm in attention? a monogamous relationship so that's not what I, well i mean that's what i'm saying is we don't know that like we based shouldn't on that assume that just based like we're making an assumption based on society but we don't necessarily know that and yeah. like for all we know maybe they have some kind of other arrangement and that's so we true. shouldn't just make that kind of assumption i mean based on someone who follows aisha curry and who's been you know pretty familiar with her and Steph she's not going for it she literally said I don't like groupies around my man so I mean you think she's gonna bring her I don't think she's allowing him a weekend pass or allowing him to go off and do whatever but hence I will just say I stand with Aisha Curry I feel the same way and I was really happy that she had that moment of vulnerability I can't say I 100% relate to her feelings of insecurity but I will say that all of us as human beings are insecure in some way and it takes a really strong person to admit that and open up well can i ask you a question selena a personal question let me personal with that have you never like been walking around and like somebody made a comment and you didn't want you didn't you weren't interested in the guy but it just made you feel like yeah i still got it um sometimes yeah but most yeah. of the times i reject those comments yeah, you, but you can reject the comments and still be like i still got sometimes it. yes yeah, sure. i mean it depends on if who's giving like if it's like, uh, you know, the a homeless person. Eight. No, if it's like a homeless person or someone who I'm just like not as inviting towards, mm-hmm. then I probably would not want that type of attention. Gotcha. But show. yeah. All right. Well. Don't, don't holler at Selena if you don't have money. That's or, what or she's teeth. saying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying you don't have money. I'm just trying to. I couldn't. I'm sorry. And I don't want to. <laughs> I just want to say shout out to all the people who 
may not have homes because I'm not trying to. <laughs> I was not trying to put them down. Okay, uh-huh. I'm not trying to put the the people with homeless homes brothers. Holla, Selena. <laughs> Moving on, uh, moving on. I don't know what's a good transition into that. You guys want to talk about the royal baby, the Mueller report, or yes, uh, let's talk about the royal baby. They okay. said they were going to name him something that like connects England and America. So I thought they were going to ra- name them imperial Coloni- <laughs> colonialism or transatlantic slave trade, but they chose Archie instead. Archie, yeah, yeah that's the baby's. Honestly, that's I like thought the whitest w- name ever. I I don't like the name. Mm-hmm. I don't like Archie. I think they could have maybe went with Spencer or something else. Spencer. A Harry. Give him a real <laughs> black name. Like Jamal. Yeah. Malcolm. Yeah, Tayshawn. <laughs> Ta- Ta- you know they've been not naming that baby Tayshawn. Yeah, you know well, I mean, you know that name. people like were losing their minds in England and mm-hmm. saying oh, racist stuff. Oh wait, no, oh, yeah, I forgot that, that that's just like another day, another day in the world. What did that radio disc jockey say? Yeah, so about- some guy from BBC One got fired because you know he compared the baby to. An animal. I'm not going to repeat what he said. Like, I kind of I, I want to know what he said, Alyssa. I mean, you figure it out. You're not stupid. A zebra? No. What? See? <laughs> no, because the baby's half black and half white. I can't figure it out. What is it? Quayle Black says they should name the baby Leroy. I would have loved <laughs> let's, him. Let's Yo. Stanley fill you in. I'm too white to okay. tell you what okay. he said. Okay, so just say that. Then. They said the baby looked like a monkey, Selena. Oh! <laughs> That's not funny. I, I thought they were saying, no, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing because I thought they were saying the baby was a zebra because the baby was biracial. But okay, I get what you're saying. And even that would have been offensive. Yeah. Of course that's offensive. You know, it's also kind of offensive to hear people say, like, this is the first time an interracial baby has been born to the British monarchy. I mean, it probably isn't. I no. mean, it's clearly not. Under different circumstances. <laughs> right. Okay, so it's the first time that it, it happened that they wanted it to happen. Yeah, like maybe the first consensual one. But um, <laughs> let's move on before this gets even creepier than it already has. I mean, Con- like his colonialism is creepy. Yeah, congratulations to your baby slave trade. Um, <laughs> Trump, what's going on with Trump and the Mueller report, Alyssa? Um, okay, so this week uh, the House Democrats voted to hold William Barr in contempt. Uh, that's sort of like a meaningless vote because I guess they theoretically could jail him, but they're probably not going to. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get Mueller to come testify. Um, you know, the crazy president is still crazying. Uh, I should say alleged crazy president mm-hmm. or alleged crazy so ale- alleged crazy so-called president. Did I get that right? Yeah, sounds um, about right. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds about right. He's, you know, at the same time calling the Mueller report the Bible, but also saying it's completely untrue. Um, you know, and uh, the time marches on. So here's my thing. So when the Mueller report first came out, Trump was like, oh, it completely exonerates me. I'm innocent. Look at the report. Look at these four pages that were extracted or summarizes the report. But then when Congress tries to actually read the full report, he's like, oh, no, executive privilege. I'm going to do everything in my power to stop the U.S. people from seeing this report, even though it costs millions of taxpayer dollars and Robert Mueller and the DOJ spent two years investigating i mean honestly i still want to see it i definitely want to hear from robert Mueller. um i hopefully he will testify and william barr from my understanding he had a great reputation as an attorney mm-hmm. he uh, represented i think under bush 41 and now soon as he decides to come under the trump administration his reputation is going downhill because he continues to defend the notorious liar known as trump i mean well, look I, he, sorry, go I, I was first. just gonna say you know this is like if you get close to a dump dumpster fire then you usually get caught on fire with the dumpster well he's always been trash to me because he was really pumped up about throwing black people in jail using the war on drugs he was doing that when he was bush's um attorney general so you know 
I don't care. <laughs> the chickens came home to roost. Yeah, the racist chickens came home to burn the chicken cross. Like, who cares? I just want these crazy white people out of office so I can maybe feel slightly better about America being a world power that destroys lives and goes out to other countries with not as much power, but lots of oil. Do you yeah. care about the Mueller report, Stanley? I do care about the Mueller report. Um, I care about it in the sense that I want to know. I don't think most people give a damn about, about the Mueller report. Most people are trying to survive. But I want to know if he got peed on or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it wasn't that he got peed on. I thought he just watched other girls pee on each other. But, you know, yeah. I digress. Um, speaking of how America is trash, I, I actually want to jump to a story that um, I, I don't think we initially were going to talk about. But um, my shout out to my girlfriend. She saw it yesterday. I think it's a really important story. Okay. Um, and it's um, that... Uh, some of these women who have brought their children across the border, um, their children have been not just taken from them, but also adopted to other families. And then when the women, and I wanted to bring this up because it is Mother's Day, and this is a really screwed up story, um, when the women have now tried to challenge those legal proceedings and try and get their children back, um, the courts, and specifically one court in particular in Missouri, actually ruled that her parental rights were terminated because of the fact that she um, like was trying to traffic her child across the border and essentially said that she has no right to get her child back and that the child could stay in Missouri with the adopted family. Um, I mean, so now we have gone from not just detaining migrants in camps that are basically concentration camps, ripping children away from their parents, but now per permanently terminating the parental rights of those people that were trying to bring their children here um, to seek better lives on the grounds that somehow they were harming their children and doing that. Um, and that's just like, I mean, it's terrible because it's Mother's Day, but it's terrible, generally speaking, because um, one, it's wrong. And two, like, we're supposed to be a civilized country, are we not? And like, we are just devolving to the point of no return. I, I don't like I don't know where we go from I mean, here. There should yeah. be some return to the Caucasus Mountains, but you know. Um, it breaks my heart to know how the Trump administration and Trump in particular has ripped these children away from their mothers. Like again, you know, to this point, today is Mother's Day and I think I read a report saying that it would take years for many of these children to even be reunited with their mothers. Like it's inhumane and it's absolutely horrible. Yeah. It really is. And listen I don't mean to sound petty or bitter, but this is why we were saying to vote for the white woman. Meaning <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton. People, people thought the, I was crazy. Problematic no, white see, you, I remember you, when people said, I'm voting for Jill Stein, Stanley said, don't do that. It's a bad idea. Listen, I'm, I'm, that's, that's how I keep myself saying now. It's like I know I, I at least tried. You did. Because if not, I would just be losing my crap every day because this administration is just beyond the pale of like horrible and disgusting. But then again, this administration is just a microcosm of white supremacy. So... White people, and, 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 talk to your cousins. And in, in, in on top of that, also, you know, patriarchy. Um, I, I Not to jump too far ahead, because I know we're going to get into this as part of our full segment, but, like, one of the biggest reasons why a lot of these laws are now being passed um, is because they have a Supreme Court that it may look to overturn Roe versus Wade. And, and I'm, again, I'm, we're going to get into that in a little while, so I won't I won't jump the gun too far. But to your point, Stanley, this is why elections matter so much, because it's not just about four years or eight years. It's about who sits on the Supreme Court and how that affects our laws. And, you know, since we're talking about horrible news, I just want to end uh -oh. with one more horrible story. What? Um, the Colorado school shooting that happened in the past week. Uh, we had one heroic young man who put his life 
life on the line to save his fellow peers and, mm -hmm. and students. And he's 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 died. And they're saying that one of the suspects in the shooting was bullied um, and, you know, joked about even in threatened, uh, joked about shootings and threatened other students for years and then finally walked in. Um, and, and, you know, some of the reports that I was reading or, or at least hearing was saying that a lot of teachers on the first day of class, what they're teaching their students is how to prepare for an active shooter situation, which I thought was beyond because I remember my first day of class, we were not learning about active shooters. Like we only had Columbine back then. And now it's like something that happens so repetitively. Uh, uh, are you surprised? It, it can, it's going to continue to happen until we actually do something about yes. it. Yeah. If you look at what happened in New Zealand, there was yep. one shooting, and literally within days, they outlawed every single semi-automatic weapon that's in the entire country. Um, nothing will change in America unless we do something. And as you all right. here in this room well know, I like guns. I shoot guns. Um, I think guns are fun, and I think that they have there are purposes for them. But I also think that our gun laws are terrible, and that there's but, lots of things that we can do to, you know, create a situation where guns are still here in America, um, but not having a school shooting every I mean, other well, second. I mean, the politicians who actually came down to Colorado and speaking about it, the students they started protesting and saying mental health because they, in their minds, the students were saying this is a mental health issue. It's not a gun issue. Well, Stanley, quickly before we go to break. It's both. Yep. Yeah, uh, there's mental health issues. We don't take mental health seriously. We don't provide health care to people so they can get that taken care of. And we also make it really easy to get a gun. So, you know, maybe let's make it really hard to get guns and really easy to get therapy and, and counseling. Makes Absol so much sense. Absolutely. Just so that we uh, don't leave anybody out, thank you to Aaron DeCoste, who's been watching, uh, who says the uh, just about some of the previous news stories we talked about, that the administration is a microcosm of white male supremacy and that the Supreme Court is a bastion for white male violence and also white supremacy. Thank you so much, Aaron, for your comments. Yes, thank you for that. And on that note, we do have to go on a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking again about the politics, politics of motherhood. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were tuning in, Dara, thank you so much for tuning in. Quayle, thank you so much for tuning in. If you are tuning in, thank you so much for doing so. We just finished our news roundup where we talk about things that made us laugh, cry, curse, and flip a table. But now we are here for the main event, the politics of motherhood. And because I am a man, I figured it was best that I had this conversation. Just kidding. It's Lena. Go ahead, Selena. Yes, thank you for that, Stanley. <clears throat> Again, happy Mother's Day to all the hardworking women who've endured hours of painful labor to bring life into this world and then continue to make sacrifices like my mom to provide for their children and families. But as if motherhood wasn't challenging enough, the politics behind being a mother and a woman's choice on when and if she wants to be a mom has made motherhood even more difficult. For one, a new CDC report shows that the number of women dying from pregnancy-related complications is on the rise. The report also found that the majority of these deaths are preventable and that black and Native American women are three times more likely than white women to die from pregnancy-related causes due to, and to quote the CDC, 
considerable racial disparities. Meanwhile, Governor Brian Kemp, you know, the one who infamously stole the gubernatorial election away from Stacey Abrams, he just criminalized abortion in the state of Georgia. Under his new law, women who terminate their pregnancies in the state after six weeks could receive life in prison. Right. So in today's episode of Let Your Voice Be Heard, we're going to talk about some of the challenges that women face when it comes to reproductive health and accessing quality health care, specifically for women of color. Now, in order to um, start this conversation off, I want to start by talking about, again, this fetal heartbeat bill, right? So again, Georgia's Republican governor, he signed it last week. It outlaws abortion after a fetus's heartbeat can be detected. And that can happen as early as five to six weeks into women, a woman's pregnancy. And usually before she knows she's even pregnant. Absolutely. And the measure is the most extreme abortion ban in the country because not only would it subject women who get illegal abortions to life in prison and the death, um, because it would subject women who get illegal abortions to life in prison and maybe even the death penalty, which is like so ridiculous. Okay, Alyssa, what, the, what was the, your reaction? The, they're so pro-life, aren't they? Yeah, they want to kill women. They, they want to kill women. Ugh. What, what about if a woman is raped and she gets pregnant? So there are some um, restrictions. So if you are raped or your life is in danger, then you can continue to get an abortion. But that's only in Georgia, not in Alabama. And so that's the that was my reaction is that this is not just happening in Georgia. Um, we have three different laws that have come out this week. One in Georgia, one in, one coming out of Alabama, one coming out of Ohio. Now, the one in Georgia is the only one that's actually been signed into law. One thing that we should note is it's not scheduled to go into effect until 2020. Uh, which is not for another year. But the reason why there's that period, that one year period before it's supposed to go into effect is because they fully expect that these bills are going to be challenged in court. And actually, they have openly stated that that is their goal. Um, They want these laws to be challenged because they want the Supreme Court to use these laws to essentially overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, And so you don't, uh, as I said, just have this law that's coming out of Georgia, but you also have a bill out of Alabama that goes even further than this. It could make it um, a crime for somebody who drives somebody to another state Mm -hmm. to get an abortion, um, essentially in assisting in a crime if you leave the state of Alabama to try and go get an abortion elsewhere. Um, The, you know, the, these laws are extreme. um, And, and like I said, when I started, they are, um, they are extreme because a lot of times women don't even know they're pregnant at this time, therefore leaving them absolutely no room or no space to be able to actually get a safe and legal abortion. And therefore, the purposes of these laws are not actually to do anything more than criminalize women for exercising their constitutional right to get an abortion. And, of course, as I said, to try and get that right overturned by the new right wing Supreme Court that we have because we decided not to vote for the problematic white woman. Selena. Yes. Doesn't like five or six weeks, can't that just be a late period? Oh, you know what? A lot of times, like, if a woman, um, you know, miscarries or something like that and she bleeds out at that time, she does think that it's a late period. Women don't know. You're right, Stanley. So you could, could, like, have not taken care of it within the six-week time period because you just thought your period period was a little late. And maybe, um, like, yes, it's been a little late or, like, a little early sometimes because of, like, you know, your pH is off or you're stressed or maybe you're on birth control and you got off. And all those things can, like, cause the period to be late sometimes. And because of that, you think it's late and actually you're pregnant and you don't want a kid. 
So that could be a thing that happens. Absolutely. And you know, I think that's part of the issue when we talk about motherhood is for some people, it's it's a choice to not be a mother. Yeah. Um, there are right. some people that for whatever reason do not want to be a mother. Um, and, and putting aside whether, you know, people, you know, like one, women should be able to make that choice. But two, this is essentially about men and Republic, white Republican men in right. southern states trying to control women's bodies and women's choices. And at the end of the day, yes, there is some point at which it becomes, uh, um, you know, uh, it, and, and maybe should arguably become illegal to get an abortion. That point is not at six weeks. Um, that point has usually been yes. at the point of what we consider to be viability. That's what the Supreme Court has ruled. Generally speaking, that's 22 to 24 weeks. Um, and, you know, prior to that, women have, you know, for a been able to, with many restrictions, obtain abortions. Mm-hmm. But over the years, we have seen it getting more difficult and more difficult. I mean, and these bills are not new. We've right. had multiple shows oh, on this. Yeah, we have. Where we've talked about other states Absolutely. that have been trying to pass laws like this. And I, and I want to just say with this law, too, a woman who miscarries because of, let's say, her, let's say for her own conduct, like she's using drugs. Um, if she was to miscarry, she could also be liable for second degree murder, which, which is punishable in Georgia by 10 to 30 years in prison. This is, again, the most extreme. Alyssa mentioned we've talked about this in the past, but this is the most extreme. Stanley? I also heard of this about Georgia. It could be Alabama, but that if the woman leaves the state line to go somewhere else to get an abortion, she can be penalized for murder for that as well. Right, because it's like conspiracy to kill. Yes. Yeah, you could be. There are so many legal implications. And I just want to say that, you know, the decision to carry a a pregnancy full term or to terminate it is hard enough for women. I remember I had a very good friend who asked me to go with her to get an abortion. And at that time, she was in an extremely abusive relationship where. It was very physical. And one, and even though she was at that time, I think like four months pregnant, he beat her up while she was four months pregnant and they both knew it. And she was like, Selena, I do not want to bring a child into this world with a, a man who is liable to hurt me and hurt that kid. And it was very painful and sad. And to know that if we were in the state of Georgia and this was happening in 2020, I would also be locked up because I would be going with her. To what they say is conspiracy to kill. I, I mean, look, I, I think that's a great example, but it also needs to be said that women don't have to have any reason to want to have an abortion. Absolutely. Um, no, you of know, course. other like a, a, a not wanting to have a, a, ba- a baby is a good enough reason for a woman to say that she doesn't want to have a baby. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 you know, this really shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody because literally when Donald Trump was running for office, he was asked, right. the, there's a famous clip where he was asked whether or not women should be punished for getting an abortion. And he said, quote, Yes, there should be some form of punishment. I I remember that. And now they are literally punishing women. But I want to talk uh, more about the legal implications behind this because um, so basically under this law in Georgia, it declares that a fetus is legally human and a resident of the state. So essentially that means that someone who is pregnant but happens to be locked up behind bars, their fetus has independent rights, including the right to due process. This means that the state could be illegally holding thousands of citizens in jail without bond. Ooh, so, that's interesting. Uh, now, and I want to throw this at Alyssa because, again, the legal implications are beyond. Just one, yeah, go ahead, Stanley. Just one quick policy question for you to answer as well, Alyssa. 
are they not thinking about collateral consequences when they're doing when they're writing this bill? I mean, well, so one, they never think about collateral consequences. Sorry, they are singularly not. focused on trying to get Roe versus Wade overturned. Every single uh, person who's in charge of these bills in every single Republican-run legislature in Alabama, Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi, Louisiana, um, Georgia, um, and anywhere else in the South or Midwest Ohio that is considering these bills has come out and stated that their goal is to pass extreme legislation in order to have the Supreme Court consider it. So right now, just to sort of get back to Selena's original question is, we have a standard that we call the undue burden standard. And that comes from a case in 1992 called Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Um, That's actually where the the legal standard does not come from Roe versus Wade. So Roe versus Wade is a case that goes back to the 70s that established that a woman has a constitutional right to seek an abortion because of the fact that she has a constitutional right to privacy and bodily autonomy. In 1992, the Supreme decided the the court uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And essentially, they set this standard called the... um, Uh, undue burden standard. And the question that is asked when you look at a law is, does this law create an undue burden for a woman who is trying to seek an abortion? And so, like, for example, when a state makes a 24-hour waiting period, um, that has been upheld as something that does not create an undue burden. A woman goes in, she acquires about having the abortion, she's told she has to wait 24 hours before she has to uh, get an abortion, and, and the Supreme Court and many states have said that's not an undue burden. And so, essentially, what question is going to go up to the court should these laws make it to the Supreme Court, where most likely they will, which, of course, as I said, is the whole point, um, is that, you know, they want the Supreme Court to say that it's not an undue burden for a woman to be not able to get an abortion after six weeks. Um, And they're placing this personhood issue into it, which, like you said, is very interesting because of the context of prisons. But they're placing this personhood issue into it because if they can establish that a fetus is a person, then essentially they can get the court to rule that Roe versus Wade was wrong, um, that the standard should not be undue burden and that you should not have a constitutional right to seek an abortion and which point the uh, you know, many, many states are going to outlaw it. There'll be states like New York that do not. Um, but states but, that do are going to make it hard for you to travel out of state and get an so, abortion. Right. But, you know, again, back to the personhood, because the legal implications behind giving a fetus personhood, um, it, it, it's it can actually it's like you're opening up Pandora bo- Pandora's box, because basically in the state of Georgia, if you're saying a fetus is a person and they did not commit a crime, but the per- the uh, uh, a pregnant woman is in jail, yeah. how are you going to hold that fetus responsible? And I was I even read that some lawyers are saying maybe they can actually use this law to get a lot of um, pregnant inmates out of jail. You know, yeah. I don't want to see the most extreme abortion law in the country being you know hailed by civil rights associates, uh, you know, civil rights activists as a way to. Get women out of jail. If we want to get women out of jail, then like let's change the bail laws. Let's fix the criminal justice system. Let's not use an extreme abortion law to at the same time ban women from getting abortions. Say okay, we're going to now. But if it but it's if it goes into effect, Alyssa, you don't at least they can use it for some good. No, I want to see them attack the law and say it's unconstitutional. I don't want them to find the one little piece of the law that they might be able to twist to reform the criminal justice system when there's serious issues with the criminal justice system that need reforming. And you know. Using some abortion law that may have some collateral consequences, not not the way to do it. Just real quick um, before I go to Stanley, um, is we're getting a comment from Alice Ritchie. She says the collateral consequences that they did not think about was disenfranchising the black woman vote. This is absolutely designed for that. Stanley, before we go to break. Yeah, this is Georgia, Selena. 
you do, a whole bunch of racist, knuckle dragging, white supremacists running in in seats of power. You don't think the minute someone tries to use that little workaround to get black women and women out of jails and prisons that they're going to shut it down immediately? It's never going to work. I mean, they're we, stupid, but they're evil, and sometimes evil stumps smarts. Just to answer a quick question that's coming in, Alice Ritchie asks, so what's the legal standard for personhood currently? Um, So states obviously have been trying to define when life begins, um, but there really is no current standard. Um, The the standard really, again, comes from Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which says that up until the point of viability, viability meaning the point at which the fetus could live outside of the womb on its own, um, a a woman has the right to decide when life begins for herself. Um, And that's essentially why it's a personal liberty decision to seek an abortion because while some people may believe life begins at conception, other people may not believe that life begins at that point. All right. So on that note, we do have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the women who actually decide to carry out their pregnancies and then die. This is Let Your Voice be heard. I was sad. I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice and I'm getting them hit. The real ones been dying. The fake ones is lit. The game is off balance. I'm back on my the bitly is dirty, my sneakers is dirty, but that's how... We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 80.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Selena has hate and confusion in her eyes as I'm busting these hot fire rhymes. <laughs> we have been talking about the politics of womanhood and motherhood, and it is a doozy. <laughs> Atlanta has some laws now that after, if you get an abortion at the six weeks, you can get life in prison. Or if you go across state lines, you can get second degree murder or conspiracy to, to for murder. This is wild. When we left, Alyssa was explaining um, what established um, life, viability. Personhood? Yeah, personhood. When you were talking about whether you can have an abortion or not, and she said personhood was considered when the, um, the fetus was like old enough and developed enough where it could live on its own outside the woman's body. And how in Atlanta, they're changing that to when it's a fetus, when it has a heartbeat, and that's it. So you took it out of the body, it died immediately, but they're saying it's a person at that point. And now I'm going to throw it back to Selena to run the show. Well, real quick before we we go back um, is uh, we got one more comment after the break from Aaron DeCoste who said, my words are men step up, help raise your voices, never, ever vote Republican or conservative if you're in Canada. Um, thank you for that, Aaron. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We need men to step up because abortion is not just a women's issue. It's a men's issue, too. Yeah. Selena? So, yeah, as I mentioned or at least touched upon early on the show, um, roughly 700 women die or continue to die each year from pregnancy or delivery complications. In the U.S. And this makes the United States one of only 13 countries where maternal morality rates have worsened over the last 25 years. And for black moms, in particular those living in rural areas, it's an epidemic. Data shows that black women are three to four times more likely than white women to die from pregnancy or childbirth-related causes. Um, In in a detailed report from ProPublica, They found that the mass majority of these deaths are preventable. But the reason why this is happening is because, you guessed it, decades of racism and discrimination. Too often, doctors and nurses are not hearing the voices of black women when they come in. Um, Guys, reaction to this disheartening news, Stanley? I mean, we, we knew this already. For some reason, racism... White people, and just people in general, actually, can't see the humanity in black people. And they think that, like, we are, in, we are like, we have a higher pain threshold than other folks. 
and they just don't listen. One of the best examples we have that is, I think, Venus Williams it was? Serena. Serena Williams down there had to, like, fight with the doctor for them to give her a CAT scan because she knew something, an MRI, because she knew something was wrong with her body, and they wouldn't listen. Then when they did it, they found a blood clot that would have killed her if it had gone unattended. We just don't listen to, we don't humanize, we don't respect the lives of black people and until something about that changes this is going to continue to be a problem right and, and i want to say so you know on, on the campaign trail um 2020 presidential hopefuls senator kamala harris and elizabeth warren in particular they are highlighting this issue and the disproportionate rates of black women dying during pregnancy or afterwards um so Alyssa, i want to get your take on yeah we know this is happening what? How do you feel the responses are to this? I mean, look, I think the responses are lackluster. We live in a situation <laughs> right. and we live in a country where we don't value the lives of women and we don't value the lives of women of color. It's amazing that women in general and black women specifically have to fight with their own doctors to be able to get the care that they need when they literally are tell the doctors that the something is wrong. Um, and, and yet nothing gets done. And, and this is just one story, the Serena Williams story, but you can go find multiple stories. I just literally typed in Elizabeth Warren maternity bill and I found five articles about women of color who were in good health who went into the hospital to give birth to babies and literally never came back out of the hospital and in one case literally this woman was begging the doctor to do a c-section because she knew something was wrong and it took them 10 hours to finally give her the procedure and when they gave her by the time they gave her the procedure the baby survived but they found three liters of blood in her abdomen and she ended up dying and this was a woman who like worked out every day ate healthy, took her neonatal medications. And we'll just get into the fact that there's also a lack of health care in, in, in a second. But, you know, it's just like we don't value women in this country and we, we don't value black women. Um, I'm you know. glad that you did Google Elizabeth Warren's plan. I don't think it's lackluster. Um, so No, Elizabeth, not her plan. Our The way we treat women in this oh, country is lackluster. Got it. Thank you yeah. for clarifying that. So the responses we're getting on the presidential trail, I think, it are well needed and deserved. So, again, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, and, and also they're also talking about this issue. Now, Elizabeth Warren has gone as far as to say that she wants to hold health care systems accountable for protecting black moms or not by hitting them in their pocket rather than separately rather than paying separately for each visit or each procedure Elizabeth Warren has a model that would set one price for the entire episode of care and then hold the healthcare systems accountable for the outcome. And this is what she wrote in an article published on Essence.com that the data show that these so-called bundled payments give health systems both greater incentives and greater control to improve results. So let's talk about, again, Elizabeth Warren and all of these presidential candidates who are saying, I have a solution. Stanley? Well, like, Elizabeth Warren has had the realest solutions I've seen so far, and we have to do this because these doctors, no one's going to no one's gonna be held accountable until they're actually held accountable, and they're hit where it hurts, their purses, their dollars. So I'm really excited about Elizabeth Warren's policy. I know she's the most interesting candidate right now because she's not a white guy who yells about socialism or Joe Biden who has problematic policy on black people but was friends with a black guy for eight years. And also but, is touchy-feely just yeah, a little. Yeah, little, like, a little bit handsy, but like this is something we should be paying attention to, and I want to support it. You know, well, not- I know, to your point, I mean, Elizabeth Warren has has said some problematic things against people of color as well. Yeah, but like she said problematic things, but she's pushing good policy. 
You know, Aren't they all Stanley like, at this point? No, no, no. She's the only one who's actually pushing real policy. Elizabeth Warren says she was Native American. I know plenty of people who say that crap all the time. I don't. I, don't, I mean, that was problematic. She should apologize. She should be held accountable to that community. But at the end of the day, when I'm thinking about somebody who's going to get into office and has good ideas and good ideas that will help people, particularly people of color, particularly black people and black women, Elizabeth Warren hits it the nail on the head every time. I mean, not for nothing, Elizabeth Warren is the only candidate that's really proposing any policies, not just on, um, you know, this uh, this this issue with um, maternal, uh, sorry, mat- eh, I'm losing maternal mortality, but also on many other issues. I mean, just just to take this one step further is it's not good enough for for us to just say, let's um, give a carrot and, and a stick to hospitals to prevent women from dying and specifically black women. That's fine. And that's good. And that's a good policy. But we have to go one step further. Senator Elizabeth Warren is the only candidate right now who has also unveiled a sweeping proposal to make child care more affordable for millions of kids. So it's, you know, women first have to make a choice about whether or not to have a baby or have an abortion. Then they have to make a choice about, you know, what kind of health care they're going to get. Then they obviously also there's the issue of um, health care generally, which I know we wanted to talk about and, you know, in terms of Medicaid for all. And then you have to ask, how are you going to pay for the kid? How are you going to send the kid to childcare? We're the only country in the world that doesn't have paid maternity leave. Elizabeth Warren is one of the few people that not only is proposing an affordable childcare bill, but also proposing a paid maternity leave bill. So these are all issues that impact women's ability to make a decision about whether to become a mother or not to become a mother. And also they don't just impact women. And I think that's a really important thing we need to understand. They impact men, too. Um, So Cory Booker also has proposed a bill to expand Medicaid for moms as well. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, But, you know, but Alyssa's right. I mean, the access to quality care is not there, particularly for black moms. And I'm also very happy that Senator Warren, Elizabeth, uh, uh, Senator Helm Harris, they are taking a stance to put bills on the table that address this issue in particular. So, you know, speaking of solutions, I just want to wrap this conversation by saying what can and should we all be doing to make sure that mothers, the ones we say we love and adore every Mother's Day are being taken care of and the other women who are still deciding when and when when and if they want to be mothers, they also have access to quality care. So I don't think this is a question that women need to answer. I think it's a question that men need to answer. And I think one of the most important things that men can do is, I don't say step up, step outside of yourself in the way that you've been taught, told you have to look at women and see the human being there. See the human being with real feelings, with real pain, with real experiences, and stop existing in a world where you think that women are just here to please and support you and do as you say. And then once you do that, take a look at all the ways that you have actually and actively hurt women through policy, through ideas, through behavior, through 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 power, and do every single thing you can to reverse that. And then women can support that if they want. Absolutely. I mean, I would agree with that. I would also say recognize how important elections are and the consequences that they have. I know we talk about this a lot. Um, Obviously, in terms of who you vote for, depends on what kind of policies are going to be put forth, as we just discussed. But it also depends on who's going to end up at the Supreme Court. And just to loop back around to where we started, the reason why so many Republicans um, in these states are pushing these kind of bills right now is not just because they want to punish women. It's not just because they're pro-life, because they're clearly not pro-life when they're proposing the death penalty for abortion. It's because they are trying to get the right to 
have an abortion taken away because they are trying to basically make women second class citizens again in this country. Because when they say they want to go back to the good old days, what they mean is the days when women had to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and didn't go out and work and have careers and actually be productive members of society. And your vote is important in that because right now we have two people on that Supreme Court that were appointed by Donald Trump that would not be on that court if Hillary Clinton would have been president. And we don't have time to relitigate the 2016 election, but we do have time to think about what that means going forward when you go out to vote again in 2020. So make sure you take that into account when you're thinking about these issues. And if you really care about women and you care about these issues, then you're not going to throw your vote away on somebody who, you know, is not going to win. You're instead going to back up somebody who has a real shot to beat Trump. Thank you for that. And I just want to wrap up and say that ensuring quality care for mothers throughout pregnancy and then postpartum has to be one of our nation's highest priorities. A number of African-Americans lack access to quality health care today. According to the CDC, in 2017, only 20, no, 27 percent of Hispanic people and 14 percent of black people between the ages of 18 and 64 were uninsured. That is a problem. It is also a problem that three out of four black women give birth at low quality hospitals. Another thing that is an extreme problem that we did not have a chance to really talk about. But Again, I just we, I, we cannot emphasize more how important it is to make sure that we take care of our, our moms by advocating for health care for them, expanding Medicaid, pushing these bills that Senator Warren and Senator Harris are talking about so that we can save black moms lives. We need them and we need to speak up for them. On that note, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today to Let Your Voice Be Heard. Thank you so much for watching via Instagram Live, Facebook Live. And again, guys, if you want to continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, please do so on our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash beheardradio. Happy Sunday.